You are listening to the Christian Worship Center Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Cody's going to help me out this morning. I could not find my shofar. I've misplaced it, I'm guessing. He's going to help me out with the other prop that I have this morning. Don't get scared. We're not going to kill anybody. But we are sure going to kill the devil. Amen. I said this morning when we were doing communion, we are both lion and lamb. The Bible says that we are both followers and leaders. It teaches that. We are both kings and priests. We are both. Come on up here. There are two things in the, out of the Word of God that you, as a Christian, should have. He was supposed to have a shofar in one hand and the sword in the other, or a machete, but that's all we could get this morning. But it does a trick. How many knows you as a Christian should know how to fight? We're not fighting flesh and blood. But we're fighting principalities and powers and evil wickedness in high places. We're fighting Baal worship in our city, in our county, in our state, and in our nation. Come on. Yeah. We're fighting Jezebel in our nation, in our county, in our state, and in our city. Guess what? But we have a real God. But we have to forsake and divorce the marriage of Baal worship. Because in our society, we have been married to it. Come on. You say, how's that, preacher? Killing millions of babies every year and you don't think we're married to Baal worship? Sex mutilation. And we're not married to Baal worship. Come on, they call it transgender. Same difference. Do you understand what we are up against in our nation? But we have a God that overthrew through the prophets. Amen? That overthrew Baal. And this is why we're in need of apostles and prophets today. Because the apostolic and the prophetic together will overthrow Baal worship. Come on. Well, I'm scared of that prophetic. Well, don't you, don't you even dare think that the devil don't his, have his psychics. And they pay for them, dude. Come on. He's got prophets. They just call it different. He operates through gifts because he has them. He has his false prophets. But we as Christians are not allowed to have them. My. 
I don't know what book and what Bible you've been studying, but my Bible tells me that they've been all the way from the time of Noah and even, come on, you think, you think it didn't happen? You think it might, might have happened? Noah, the, the flood might have happened just because of Noah? No, I'm, I want to tell you that Adam and Seth erected a stone outside of the land of Adam and, and they erected two stones and both of them read on one of them. If you want to read this, you can find it in the book of Josephus. He's a Jewish historian and he said both of these stones was there in his day. And he was back 14, 13, 1400 uh, is when he lived, I think. But anyway, he has references that the stones existed that Adam and his son Seth erected that said the world would be destroyed by a flood and it would also be destroyed by fire. Now tell me God don't have his prophets. If Adam was one of them and Seth was. And we don't need them today. Yeah, we do. Enoch was called a preacher of righteousness. He's one of the first ones that said, I saw the Lord coming with judgment and ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon the world. That's in Jude. Enoch, the righteous one that was so caught up in God that he didn't even go home by the way of the grave he went to heaven right straight gunshot amen walk in with God and one day God said you can come you're closer to me than you are to you going back where you from why don't you just spend the day with me and he's been spending the day with God ever since because there is no night there amen thank you Cody so what I want us to understand that the shofar represents worship The sword represents the word of God. You can't do it without them both. Some churches want all word and no worship. Oh, I'm about to plow some ground right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay right here behind the pulpit because I, I don't think you have some books out there. Thank God. I'm joking. But you understand we... And then we have churches that want all worship and no word. Come on. They're both got a good part and a good part. But they can't win without both. You got to have the worship, but you also got to have the word. You got to have the worship, the word, but you also got to have the shofar. Because without them both, we're not winning. And this is the reason that the enemy is fighting and winning with us. Is because we only have one piece of the armor. Come on. Last time I checked, there's eight or nine. Nine pieces of the armor of God. You say, well, so what's the ninth one? It is all prayer. With all supplication, praying in the Spirit. That's the last one that he mentions with all the others. Now, now let, me, let me tell you right this morning that without praying in the Spirit, you will be defeated. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, in 2021, we pray that you will believe in it. Because you're going to have to have it. 
Because you're going to need something bigger to fight the enemy with. Because the enemy is not going away. How many knows that? We can't just wish him away anymore. And we can't just seem to even rebuke him anymore. Because he keeps coming at us. But guess what? With the armor of God. The full armor of God. We take the, the shield of faith. The helmet of salvation, the shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, and pray him with all power and with the spirit of God and worship. That's what? That's one of them types of prayers. Because we as children of God need to know how to defeat the enemy. Because we're fighting a real live devil. And guess what? He's after your harvest. We've been talking about that. He's after your harvest. What is the harvest? It's whatever God's given you. That you have, you have, it's fruit inside of you. Guess what? He's after your love. He's after your joy. He's after your peace. He's a, come on, you don't have a harvest without bearing fruit. And you don't bear fruit without some intimacy with God. Guess what? He wants to steal your intimacy where you don't have fruit. We got the gifts. But hey, with the gifts without the fruit, it's just a tingling brass and are a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Here, where'd you get that at? First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. It's just a bunch of noise. How many remembers that on the bottom of the priest's garment when he went into the temple, when he went into the holy place, it was a bale and a pomegranate. It was a gift and a fruit. A gift and a fruit. We just want a gift. Come on, let me get that gift of prophecy. Well, without love and faith and hope, and, and faith, uh, love and faith and temperance, and s- that fruit, or that gift is a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. It is gross. Come on, Brother Justin, help me out. Give me some cymbal, just all cymbal. No beat, no cymbal. See how long y'all can take that. Y'all want to hear that sound? It's, it's gross, isn't it? Y'all already know. Brother Justin's an awesome drummer. Y'all know how awesome. Go ahead. He's not. Y'all. See? Y'all already tired of it, aren't you? Okay? See, that's how a gift with no love is. No, give me all of it. You need some beat in there, too. Yeah. That's a little better, right? But if you get the... That's enough. Thank you. But if you get the whole band up here with all of the instruments together, guess what? Those drums sound pretty good. Amen? But just on their own, they're kind of monotonous. Right? I'm not talking about a drummer either. I'm just saying, this is what a picture in the Word of God that we do not want to be just a bunch of noise. We want some fruit that that bell can ring off of that fruit and send out music. 
Amen? You get me? Everybody understand? Okay, we're through with that. Because we have a harvest that the enemy is after our fruit. This generation knows nothing about fruit. They know everything about praise. They know everything about grace. And they have been taught, oh, I'm about to get myself in huge trouble, but they have been taught you can do anything in the flesh as long as your spirit is right. Come come on. Am I wrong? The millennial generation, they think that way. How many millennials have we got in here? Come on, y'all scared to raise your hand now, aren't you? But go ahead, raise your hand if you're a millennial. You were born in the 2000s, y'all. Come on. How many of them we got? I know we got more than that. Yeah. Come on, y'all don't be ashamed. There, there's, there's quite a few in here. I don't want to embarrass you. But we have, have taught this generation. If you want to know, you can go to George Barna and do your research, do your homework. Google it, George Barna. And you can find that most millennials believe that you can do whatever you want to in the flesh as long as your spirit is right. Because grace has covered you. Grace is awesome, by the way. Grace is the way you got saved. But grace loves you to keep you in the same shape that you originally were. Grace changes us from who we were to who God wants us to be. When you get the ministry of death out of you, which was the law, the law is the ministry of death, Galatians 5 or Galatians 4. The ministry of death, he calls it, is the law. That was the law. It's like a well, a well pump, if you please. You've got to work at it to get it. I mean, it's ever, you, know, you you're familiar with a well and a well pump. I'm not talking about the old pump pumps. But if there's one little part of the pump that goes out, guess what? The well is not working. You're not getting water. That's what the law was. If you missed one little piece of it, you didn't get blessed. Anybody thinks that's fair? But it's the law. The law of condemnation and the law and the ministry of death was if you don't go to church on the Sabbath, but you have kept, honored your father and mother, you've done everything else right, and you don't go to church on the Sabbath, guess what? You're just not getting blessed. How many could deal with that one today? Because the law worked as one. If you miss one part, you were guilty of the whole law. That's what the Bible said. I didn't say that. But this is why the law was such a big deal. If they didn't do right, if they sassed their mom and dad, guess what? They got a stone in their face. Half of you kids would be dead today. I'm, I'm just being serious. Most of the kids... 
in our generation would be dead. There wouldn't be any. There wouldn't be any kids, no grandkids, no nothing. Because the minute they talk back to their mama, dad, or papa, mama, guess what? Stone in the face. And the parents had to be the one to do it. Do you want to live under that kind of deal? Nobody does. But I'm talking about the ministry of condemnation. That's how it was. Let me tell you what Jesus did is he brought a spring out of that well. No more do you have to have a pump. You don't have to keep nothing. It's just a bubbling up spring that when you accept it, you receive it. Guess what? Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He doesn't have, you don't have to have a pump anymore. You don't have to work at it anymore. You don't have to try to make it happen anymore. You just got a spring running up outside of you. Guess what you have to do now is to let the Lord write his word on your heart where you fall in love with the spring giver that you keep on letting the spring roll and letting the spring arise because you're falling in love with the giver of life he writes his commandments on your heart now so when you mess up guess what your old heart says that wasn't right you ought to go apologize for that word you just told your mama just mama. Huh? Come on, you want to keep the well flowing? You want to keep the spring going? You better get her done. Because <laughs> it's, it's in your heart now. You don't have no stone in your face now. You just got a smite in your heart. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that didn't feel as good as I thought it would. <laughs> I slammed that door, but it didn't have the ring to it that I thought it was going to. You understand what I'm saying? This is what makes us keep our harvest. How many wants to keep your harvest? The devil's out to steal your harvest. But you got to have the word in you, written in your heart. And you don't have to know every scripture. You just got to have the spring up in there. And when that spring begins to spring up inside of you, guess what? That hidden warrior in you. Because in, in the last few years, we've been hidden, haven't we? Come on, the church has not had to make a stand. The church has had it so easy. We've been rocking on our rocking chair right in the middle of every service. We've been just listening to the preacher, listening to the three songs, listening to the prophet give a word. Oh, that's so good. I'm mm, so comfortable. And all of a sudden, 2020 grabs the rug out from underneath your rocking chair. And every time you rock, it burps. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Because it ain't rocking this smooth. You started out over here and you're over there now. What has happened? My rug's gone. Now I'm making noise. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm blood-bought. But the world is asking me, why do you say that? COVID hit the church. And the church said, oh, no, we're supposed to have power over that. But we've been rocking too long. We forgot where the power come from. And we tried using our hymn book. And we tried, come on, y'all. And we tried using our sword. And we tried using our prayer. And if that didn't work, we tried a little fasting. 
Come on, all that's good. But when I told when I told the church, I believe last year, I believe it was, when we started the 21-day fast. And I'm going to tell you again this morning, because today's the first day. I want to tell you that this fast is not for God. Come on, I was raised all my life to believe that fasting would twist God's arm and make him do something for me. Come on. (laughs) It would work if I fasted because it would bring God closer to me. No, the work's already been done. He don't need your fasting. He don't need your praying even. Because the work's already been done. Jesus said, I know what you have need of even before you ask. I know what you're going through. I've already provided it. What's now is to make fasting breaks our old flesh so we can receive what God's already provided. Amen? So it's more for you than it is for God. How many believes that? Amen. If you don't, well, get your Bible out. But this morning, yeah, it's time to quit, isn't it? This morning, what I wanted to bring to us was that if you want the victory, if you want your deliverance, you're going to have to do more than throw your pipe away. We should sing an old song. We'll roll the old chariot alone. And if sister wants a blessing, she must throw. No, it was the brother wants a blessing. He must throw his pipe away. If the sister wants a blessing, she must throw her snuff away. Isn't that, well, that's it. Forgot. <laughs> but anyway, it's more than that. You got to throw your old stinking thinking away. It's more than throwing a piece of stuff away. You got to throw your whole mindset out and say, God, I'm believing on you, not on me. I can't make this happen. I'm going to fast this week, but I'm not fasting so you'll make it happen. I'm fasting so I can hear your word better. I'm I'm fasting so I can hear what you're saying to me clearer. Uh, I want to know your word. Uh, I want to know your will. Uh, I want you to help me bear fruit. Uh, So I want some intimacy with you. Because this is what's going to save the harvest. With that being said, my wife is coming back to the piano. And I want to read, put that picture up of Brother and Sister Enos. A friend of ours, Sister Lavana Enos, and I read this a few weeks ago, and Brother Scott and Sister Lavana has been friends of ours a long, long time, even before she married. They were missionaries to Africa with the Assemblies of God. Her testimony, a few weeks ago, she back in May, both of them had COVID. They were in Africa. In the United States, three of their children were having children of their own. Their first granddaughter was born, and they weren't able to be here because of restrictions. The last two, they were wanting to be at the birth. Then they found, they both got covid she had it first. He had it first. He got over it. But then she had it. And I want to, this is her words. She wrote, 
said I grew weaker and weaker. And the pain was unbearable at times. Keeping down a few bites and staying hydrated became a battle. I could barely walk from the bedroom to the recliner in the living room. After about a week, I could not walk at all. Scott wheeled me back and forth in the office chair. I couldn't even walk the 17 steps from the bed to the bathroom. We played only praise and worship music or listened to scriptures during this time because I couldn't endure the TV, the news, or the podcast. There was such an oppressive darkness surrounding us. We have often fought this darkness in West Africa, but we also later learned from many believers who experienced COVID-19 that they felt the spiritual battle and aspect as well. On the night I was to sickness, the electricity went off. Nothing unusual, but it silenced the praise and worship. The soothing praise and worship. And I woke up and saw demonic spirits of death flying near the ceiling where I was laying. And I could almost feel the harsh breeze caused by their wings. And I whispered, God, I'm ready to meet you if you're ready to take me. But I rebuke these spirits of darkness. My greatest regret was that I would not meet my three grandchildren. The first was just over a month old. And the next two were to be born in September and November. I felt a gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to praise your way out of this. I wasn't sure exactly what that meant. But I began to worship God in a whisper. Partly not to awaken Scott. And partly because I had no voice and my breath was labored. After a few minutes, I began to whisper these lyrics. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah because heaven is coming to fight for me. At that point, I saw a light begin to pierce the center of the demonic spirits. So I continued. I'm going to sing in the middle of my storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. I felt the evil spirits move to the edges of the room. And the whole center above my bed was filled with light. As long as I praised, the darkness remained at bay. But when I stopped praising, they fluttered back to surround me. I continued to whisper praises and worship songs for about six hours. Finally, well after the sun was up, I no longer sensed evil in the room. Though my body was still weak and ravaged with a disease. But I honestly believed I was going home to be with Jesus. I was okay with that. But I woke Scott up and told him about my experience. And I only had one request. That he let the grandchildren know how much I loved them. And wanted to get to know them. He obviously was not ready for that to happen. He was able 
to arrange for a pharmacist, one of the church members, and a nurse, one of their Bible school students, to come to care for her in the home that day. When they arrived, her blood pressure was 60 over 40, and she was severely dehydrated despite their efforts from keeping it from happening. They ministered life-giving fluids, high doses of vitamin B12. But as he was getting, the, as she was getting the treatment, Scott received a message from Pastor Darren Ward, Darren Ward, who sent a recording that she had requested. She wanted to hear the old hymn, Wonderful Peace. But Scott couldn't find the recording on the YouTube, so we asked Derwin to send it to him. She was too weak to even hold her phone. So Brother Scott sat and on repeat and set it by her bed. Tears streaming down her face. She said she began to heal both body and soul. To make a long story short, they made it home. And by the time before those two other babies were born, Scott got to preach both dedications. They are doing fine now. You know why? Because we have to war. The word of God is great, but you got to have worship. Come on, we can't defeat the enemy without the worship. And this morning, we are, the, the evil is letting us know we've got to get out of our comfort. But you know what? When the disciples got out of their comfort zone is when God began to do miracles. Because the enemy began to note they've been with Jesus. Oh, these people are coming with power. They've been with Jesus. So when the church comes out of hiding, and it's about time for us to come out of hiding, but when we come out of hiding, we got to have power to, to anoint and to see the miracles happen. we got to see the devils leave. We got to see the demonic influences break. And the church is rising to the occasion. The church is not the same as it was in 2020. They are getting awakened out of their sleep. Not awakened as like what God wants them to be, but they are awakening. Amen? I believe by the end of 2021, the church is going to be powerful. Come on. You think you come to church now? You ain't seen nothing yet. Because when you come, you don't want to miss very many services because we just might leave you behind. Because when you come back, there might be coffins piled up in here where we've done delivered the dead. Hallelujah! I was told when I was in Colorado, you better get ready. You better get a room picked out where you want all your wheelchairs, your walking sticks, and your, and your crutches, and all of the stuff. Because you're about to see God move, and they're going to be piling them up, and you're going to have to do something with them. He said even prosthetics are going to be laid in that room. You know what? I say bring it on. Because I'm getting ready for a move of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to just be in Christian Worship Center. But all of Stillwell is going to get to enjoy what the Lord is laying on this place. I'm going to spread it all the way to Westville. All the way to Salisaw. All the way to Arkansas. You know why? Because God has promised us this region. No, not that it'll all come here. 
but that every church will get a hold of what God is about to do. And we're going to see God move like never before. If you want it, you can have it. How many is ready to save your harvest? We got kids that are waiting on us to get our harvest right. Come on, they're waiting. We got one this morning that was a member of this church. His grandpa pastored this church. He came here this morning in hopes of some deliverance. He made it clear in Sunday school. Even though the enemy was talking a lot of the time, he said, I want to be free. That's all I heard. I know he said some more stuff, but all I heard was the cry of I want to be free. God is sending them. What are we doing about it? Come on, we got to get our eyes back on him. One more story. Y'all got time for one more story? And I'm done. I read, I've been reading, I think Brother Mike Brown sent me the Smith Wigglesworth, I think he sent it to me and Justin, Smith Wigglesworth devotion. This morning's devotion, I was in bed when I wrote, read it because it went off, my phone went off and I had to get out of bed, couldn't stay there. Smith Wigglesworth said, I went to pray for a woman that was dead, dying. The family had called for me and two more pastors to come. He said the other two pastors were nominal pastors. I won't tell what denomination. But if you get the out, you can find out because he tells on there. But he said they were nominal pastors. And he said he thought, well, I'm going to let them pray first. Sounds like an Elijah deal, doesn't it? So he let them pray. He said both of them sent beautiful, awesome prayers. But it was all about what they saw. God give this family strength as they're about to lose their loved one. He said, I sat there and I was like, whoa. Wow. That ain't what I'm seeing. Lord, did I miss something? pray for this little 17 year old month old daughter that is going to lose her mother. Help somebody to step up and they prayed this big beautiful prayer. Both of them did. He said they almost said the same exact prayer. He said it's close. And he said I come my time. And He said all I saw was Jesus up over the bed smiling and say I'm ready to heal. And he said, they were looking at what they were seeing. And he said, I was looking at what I was seeing above her. Come, come, come on, we got to get our eyes above. Come on, this is why I told you, lift up your head, oh, your gates. Be you lifted up, your everlasting doors. And the king of glory will come in to a death-infested room. He said, when I... He said, all I said was, I see Jesus, sister, and he's ready to heal you, so get up right now. He said, she got up wanting something to eat. 
He said, the other two guys looked at each other. We didn't see that coming. He said, I wanted to say you didn't see it coming because you wasn't looking for it. So I want to ask you this morning, what are you looking for? Are you looking for 2021 to be where Corona destroys the rest of the church? Are you looking for 2021 to be the year that we all go bankrupt and lose our apartments and lose our houses and lose everything God promised us in 2020? No! Because we're looking to the author and the finisher of our faith. So I want you to stand up and I want you to give the devil a black eye with your praise this morning. And say, I see you, Lord. I see you wanting to do it. I see you wanting to operate. I see you wanting to heal. I see you wanting to deliver. I see you wanting to give finances. I see you. I see you, Lord. I see you, Lord. In the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. The doorposts moved, and the seraphims cried, Holy, holy, holy. It's, come on, somebody. I want to see the doorposts. I want to see those that stuff that's been pillars in the church begin to shake and begin to move. And pillars that's been here for years and years and years that we've depended on to get us through. And God begin to shake those old pillars down. And we see holiness and power and might and glory fill this house. Come on, somebody. I want you to shout it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.